You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand Rising and good morning, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and we've got a great show lined up for y'all today. I get to dive in with my guy, Brian Callanan from Seattle News, Views and Brews and the Seattle Channel. He's back in the studio with us, so it's going to be so great to tap in with him. And then later on in the show, I get to talk to one of the Dance This choreographers this year. Adam Parsons is in the building, and I'm so glad that Adam is here with us um, and that Brian is here. You guys, you know, for me, I always want y'all to be inspired by these guests. But of course, we got to start it off right. We're at the top of the show, so it's a great time for you to tag and share this stream. Go ahead, tag and share this stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. Also, if you cannot watch our shows here on Converge Media or watch this show right here with me, you can also find me anywhere you find your favorite podcast by searching Converge Media Network. We're on Google, Spotify, iTunes. I mean, you name it. SoundCloud, I don't know what the young folks are maybe listening to now, but I will say that we are over uh, on over 200 platforms. So you can find us on any one of the ones that you like and trust me, we'll be there. Well, you guys know me and Brian have a lot to catch up on because Brian has been gone then he was mm-hmm. remote. So I'm so glad that my first guest up today is Brian Callanan from Seattle News Views and Brews. What's up, Brian? Oh, it's really good to see you, Trey. I was getting over COVID there. That was a difficult time, but I uh, did the quarantine, all that I needed to do, and I'm, I'm back at it. Well, you know, I'm so glad that you're on, you're healthy, you're here yeah. in person, you know, because every time when you were sending us clips, I'm like, oh man, me and Brian could dive into that yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Oh man, and then the remote thing, I'm like, oh man, I'm uh, track for time. <laughs> we could dive into that. Right. What's going on today? Yeah, there was some, it's actually happening right now as we speak here, Trey, but Mayor Bruce Harrell is talking about a new plan to recruit police. As you know, we've had a number of police leave over the past several years here, about 400, the city says, since 2019. So he's working on a plan to try to recruit more officers to come back to the department. Now, you might remember a couple of months ago, the Seattle City Council was working on this. You have Councilmember Herbold, who is the head of the Public Safety Committee, and she said, all right, we need to make sure that we hire somebody, a recruiting specialist, to bring somebody into the SPD, because clearly they need some help doing that. Also, you have Councilmember Nelson, who put forth a plan She's the independent council member from position eight there. She put out the plan to say, okay, we also need some hiring bonuses or some relocation money to go along with that. So the council put those two plans in front of the mayor, but the mayor really has to do something such that uh, such that he is responding to that. So the council can give him whatever he wants, but the mayor actually has to act on it. So today we're learning about that plan. I'm sorry I don't have more details on it because it's literally happening right now, but we're hopefully going to get some more details on that because I know that's been a big problem for our community, losing this many officers. It's a big issue for public safety. I know a lot of people are concerned about that. 911 times going up, some crime rates are going up. So this is hopefully something where the mayor is going to have a plan forth that we can learn something from and maybe get some more officers on the SPD. Well, I'm glad that they're tackling this. I mean, this is something where it's like, it's a it's kind of of a, a tricky subject, I think, in a lot of black communities in mm, particular, true. when we think about, you know, adding to the police force here right. at Converge, we've always been like, well, but 
what type of officer yeah. are you bringing onto the police force? Is it about the sheer numbers yeah. or are we going to make sure that the officers that we're bringing in are high quality, yeah. that they're ready to be held accountable, that they're ready to be trained properly? Yeah. Like all of those things are really big topics for us. And, and just to touch on that briefly, I know Chief Diaz, the interim chief for the SPD, is very concerned about that issue, too. He's working on a program called Before the Badge, where before these officers get a badge, before they get a gun, anything like that, there's some different training they're going to be going through and actually going out into different neighborhoods and interacting with people there. So I know exactly what you mean. Hiring officers is one thing, but hiring officers in the right way and making sure they have the right training and make sure they're and making sure they're interacting with the public in the right way is crucial to all this. So these are all pieces that are involved. We'll see what the mayor comes up with, but I know interim chief Diaz is working on this too. I will say, however, that we're right in the middle of a search for a permanent police chief, which is going to be happening over the next couple months here. So think about that. You've got this police hiring issue going on and you've got the search for a police chief. How many officers are going to want to join a department that's in transition? They're getting a new chief. That's a little difficult to say here, but there's two pieces going on there that people need to be aware of. Well, I also think, too, that anytime somebody can step up in an interim position, yeah. you know, what has Chief Diaz done that maybe really qualifies him yep. to step in in a permanent role yeah. here as chief of police for Seattle? I think th that there are some things that he's done that really make people feel like, OK, I think you make sense in that role mm -hmm. only because we really need somebody who is committed to community voice and to being a part of community. Yep. Not, I mean, we, we have to, a lot of work to do when it comes to our police force. We're still seeing a lot of the things that people were out in the streets protesting about after yep. George Floyd's murder. Yep. We're still seeing that happen. I mean, you're talking about a young unarmed man who just got shot 60 plus times. Yep. You know, right? There's so much still out there, Brian, yep. that is, these are the cases that had people out in the streets. So any of these police forces that are in transition like this, mm -hmm. they have to take note of that. They do. And I think that's something we're touching on with the podcast tonight is something that I know is very important to our entire community. And that was the Charlena Lyles inquest, which of course wrapped up last week and a lot of concerns about that. And I think one of the big ones that I drew from it was not necessarily the inquest process, which has some issues, right? Let's put that on the side for a second. What it revealed for me was just the issues that the Seattle Police Department and other departments too have when it comes to people coming at them with a knife with mental health issues. It's a big issue across the country, but how do you change the training in such a way that someone who is 105 pounds, pregnant mom, coming at two big police officers here, how does that turn into a situation where she gets shot and killed? I don't think anybody wanted that situation. SPD certainly hasn't, but they have rules in place. They have training in place that led to that situation. So I think the challenge for the next police chief is going to be how do you work on changing those policies? How do you get everybody in the SPD, the rank and file officers on board with that and understanding that? Because that's really the next piece. You know what I mean? It's not just, you know, let's bring in a new chief, but let's actually make some changes so we're not continually going through these problems and continuing to have these frustrating inquest investigations. Well, I think so much of it is about culture. Yeah. I mean, we can have training and policy all yep. day long, but there's something deeply embedded in police culture mm -hmm. where we see that there is real 
changes with how they move based on who is coming at them. And this is something that can't be denied. We have so much data, so many stories that really elevate that. You're talking about a a woman, a mother whose Mm -hmm. kids were in the apartment. Like all of these things are, and I've been saying it every time we talk about Charlena Lyles, I, I have to always mention the big football player, 300 pounds, two officers, and they kept on tasing him, but he had just beat his girlfriend almost nearly to death. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, but yet that didn't result in, you know, firearms being drawn. And so when you think about some of these policies, Brian, it's like, there's also something that's embedded in the culture. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the training. So it's going to, it's, this is a long discussion, but I'm glad you guys are diving into this tonight. Yeah. Yeah. We're touching on that. And I'll touch on a few other issues too, just to say real quickly on that. That's a big part of it. Do you keep the chief who's around? Do you bring in somebody new who might some have some new fresh ideas? We're going to see what happens there, but we're definitely talking about what happened with the Lyles inquest and some of the concerns that came out of that. We're also talking about a few things that the city council is looking at this week. Specifically, they're talking about gun violence and how to reduce it. There's a group from King County coming in, the Promise Keepers are coming in, and they're working on talking about some of the different policies that they're going through and some of the practices they're going through to try to help with this situation. As you know, we've had a rise in gun shooting issues, uh, fatal situations, and just regular old shootings that are happening when people don't get hurt, which are just as scary in many ways. But we're talking about different ways that King County is working on that and trying to reach out to, I think this is an important piece, trying to reach out to this in a public health kind of a, a, a paradigm. And in looking at that, they're actually visiting with, and this is very interesting, they're visiting with that 100 to 160 younger people in between the age of 16 and 24 who are actually gunshot victims at Harborview Medical Center. So think about that. It's a hospital intervention, but the King County Prosecutor's Office is saying, well, you know what? These young people who are involved in this often turn into these cases that we're seeing on the criminal side here later on. They might be victims, but they might be assailants in other cases in the future. So there's really a lot of work to approach this from a public health perspective, which we'll see how that turns out. But I think some of this work from the Promise Keepers has something good to it. I I really hope something comes out of it because I think this is a new approach where I think if we continue to use the same approaches of, yep, just get more cops out on the street, that's not going to be the answer. So the council is talking a lot about that this week. Uh, They're also talking about something that's interesting, uh, trying to cap the uh, amount of charge that you pay for food delivery services. Uh, they're working on capping that at 15% because this has turned into a situation where these food del- delivery services, super popular and necessary during the pandemic, turned into a situation where, okay, we're going to creep up our prices and the restaurants are like, whoa, 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 we really don't have any say in what these companies are doing. So the council's trying to step in, trying to put something in place such that these uh, rates are capped here such that the restaurants can actually survive because Even though we are starting to emerge from the pandemic, a lot of these restaurants still have a lot of issues here and they need all the help they can get. That's what the council's looking at. Well, this is something you guys have been touching on for a while. And and I'll go back to the peacekeepers because, oh please, you know, this for me is exactly why community rooted solutions need to be scaled up and elevated. Yeah. We in communities oftentimes know exactly how to deal with certain issues. The, the, The main problem that we really face oftentimes is 
Number one, people who may be in positions of power listening to those solutions yep. and allowing those solutions to be resourced enough that they can become one of the main go to solutions overall. Yep. That's one. Yep. Another one is, is that, you know, peacekeepers are doing phenomenal work yep. in the community. The idea is that they need more peacekeepers. They need to be training folks on how to use these tactics, mm -hmm. but they need to have the resources to do that. Yep. They need to be able to also be connected to uh, a lot of these systems that are in place mm -hmm. to start showing them this is how we de-escalate. Right. This is how we connect to community. And this is why, for me, I love these kind of solutions. So I love yeah. that you guys are tapping in on that. Yeah. Also, too, you know, when we're talking about th this situation here, you guys have really been on it, Brian, and I'm glad that you guys are staying on it right here. Thank you. Uh, it, it's something for me where I realize that if you guys don't keep informing us, <laughs> how will we know sometimes, it's, Brian? It's it's difficult. And I, I, I got to say, I don't know everything. That's for sure. Um, but I am trying to bring what I can in terms of checking out these different agendas, looking at these issues that come up again and again, right? And trying to bring it to people because it is hard to track down. Not everything you're going to see as a headline in the Seattle Times, right? Not everything you're going to see in the medium or wherever else, wherever you get your news. So I want to make sure that when we do this program, and I'm always excited to talk to you, Trey, you know that. I, when we do this program, we are able to get that outreach because news only works if it's a two-way conversation, I think, yeah. and more people get involved with it. And so I, I want to make sure that that piece of it stays alive. That, that's why I do this, Trey. So uh, thank you for having me as always. Always, yeah. Brian. Make sure you look right there and tell folks how they can find you tonight. Cool. Yeah. Check us out at seven o'clock tonight on Converge, Seattle News, Views and Brews. I'm with my co-host, David Croman. We're talking a lot about transportation issues too. He's got some things to say about that. And if you want to check me out uh, on Twitter, that's where a lot of people tend to find find me at Callanan Seattle. So make sure you find me there and check out Seattle News, Views and Brews on Converge and on all of your favorite podcast platforms too. So there I am. Amazing. Thanks so much, Brian. Cool. Glad to see you in the building. Back at you. Thanks, Trey. Absolutely. You guys always inspiring when I get to chop it up with Brian. I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you right now, the thing is, is that me and him could go back and forth on these issues for a long time. We may have to do a special at some point, Brian. Mm -hmm. uh, but I thank y'all for watching on this. And of course, I'm really excited to continue my conversation today with Adam Parson. He is the choreographer for this year's Dance This. STG presents Dance This every year, and I'm so excited that he's in the building. Stay tuned after this short break, you guys. You're watching The Day with Trey. Hey guys, Basic Gordon here. Check this out. Hadestown is coming to Seattle. And you know what? I need to make sure you guys understand this is not a drill. So let me take my glasses off for a second. Hadestown is coming to Seattle. And the first day that you will be able to see it is going to be at the Paramount on July 12th. And you already know myself and Trey Holiday will be there. Fun fact, when Hadestown was first premiering over in LA, uh, Broadway Across America actually sent myself and Trey Holiday down there to not only see the show but to literally interview all of the actors and the director and let me tell you if there's one thing about me i'm not that big on seeing things multiple times but this right here this show right here i plan on seeing it the first day that it comes to seattle so look if you have not grabbed your tickets for Hades town you are missing out and as someone that is a hopeless romantic i let you know now you will not be disappointed when you go see Hades town from the acting, the music, to the freaking theatrics, to even the stage setup. You will love everything about Hadestown. Even if you're feeling like, you know what? I don't know if I'll be able to relate to anything.
everything in here. Trust and believe you will be able to either relate to something or gravitate towards something within Hades Town. Tickets are on sale now and you will be able to see Hades Town right here in Seattle at the Paramount from July 12th to July 17th. Please grab your tickets now before they sell out. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, and I got to echo Besa before I get it in with Adam here. Hades Town, you will not be disappointed. You know, Besa and I did get to go out to L.A. to see the opening show. However, we were also there last night at the Seattle opening, and my, oh, my, to see it in our hometown. I mean, we were talking about it a little bit in the intermission, just how amazing this show is. And I was able to take one of my best people in the world, Erica Hope, was with me, and we are both like theater kids, man. And so we were just in awe of, you know, Erica pointed out something that I hadn't been talking about, which is the lights. The lights are almost their own character in this entire show because they bring so many different things to light. And I'm telling you guys, I, again, I walked away last night just being totally in awe of this show. So I had to say that. And of course, now I got somebody from SCG right here on my couch. Adam Parson is in the building. What's up, Adam? Hey, how are you doing? I'm What's well. Going on? How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank I mean, you. you know, SCG is killing it. And Dan's This is one of those anchor programs that a lot of people in the community have really been tapping in with. Tell us a bit about your history in your past that brought you all the way here to dance this as a choreographer well, this year. That might take a minute. <laughs> um, well, I, um, quick recap, I grew up in Kenya, I was born in Kenya and um, moved to uh, the United States, um, went to Virginia, was a computer engineer for the longest time, fell into dance, fell in love with it. I moved to LA and I started training there. And then um, I met Kirsten Baron Kenny, who is Rick's Kenny's wife. And we've had a relationship for a really long time. Uh, they invited me before the pandemic to come up and create some choreography for them. But the pandemic happened, so I wasn't able to come. So they asked me to come in to do it for the 24th season. And I'm here. Wow. I'm excited. Wow. What an amazing pathway. Yeah. I mean, I am, I love that. And I'm glad I asked you because people would just assume, oh, you've always been in dance. You probably started when yeah. you were a kid. The idea that you can find your path along the path is so important to me. Now, this is an amazing show every year and I've been several times. I can't wait to see it. Tell us a bit about what folks can expect at this year's Dance This. Well, for me, Dance This is something that's amazing because they bring all these cultures together. Um, they bring culture and dance together. And one of the things that helps bring culture and dance together is people. So there's all different kinds of people that are going to be at this event. We have, um, we have, uh, we have uh, Korean representation. We have Mexican representation. We have um, Eastern Europe, Europe representation. We have Indian representation. We've got the tap, the tap ensemble. And then we have uh, guest choreographers like myself and some of the choreographers that are going to be there. And I think the thing that brings it together is all of us coming together as a unit and showing the world that we're a world. And having all these people dance together as a unit is something that is really, really unique and special. And I think people come to the show and see what's available to them 
from different points of view. They'll take a, take a, a different mindset away from what dance is and how it can actually impact your life and how it can actually impact your connection to another human being. That's mm -hmm. what I love about Dance This. Well, I, I really appreciate it too because I think artistry has a real unique way of blending, you know, culture and connectivity, mm -hmm. right? Because, you know, any form of art almost has this kind of multifaceted way mm -hmm. about it, but also these very unique characteristics that come from different culture and ethnicity. So I love that, you know, you even mentioned that and that dances is a way to really blend all of that and mm -hmm. get us to see the world through the through dance, right? It's so important. I mean, one of, you know, my favorite groups, of course, is Northwest Tab Connection. And I know uh -huh. that uh, Miss Melba, they've always been involved in dance this. And it's such an amazing thing because STG has really been in intentional about their relationships and community. How have you been able to experience that as a guest choreographer this year? Um, well, first coming up to Seattle and just experience, well, I got to tell you, first coming up to Seattle and experiencing just the ride from the airport to the hotel, I met this man who was from Kenya, which is funny because I was born in Kenya. And we were just talking about the cultural experience of him being a Kenyan man living in Seattle and how it was expanding his range and his mind of what is possible for him in another country. Mm. That's the first part. The second part coming up and just meeting people in the industry and finding out how they represent themselves in Seattle, how Seattle is represented in the dance community has been a really wonderful experience. The dancers that I'm working with right now are from all different backgrounds, um, all different age ranges, all different types, sizes, colors. It's so important. And I'm, I'm happy to see that that um, diversity is out here in Seattle and that it's being represented in Seattle Theater, sorry, Seattle Theater Group. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that representation is important and it matters that we show everybody that the university to, I'm sorry, the diversity of all of us together yeah. is a super important thing. It really is. And, and I, I think from your perspective as a choreographer, mm -hmm. I got to ask, you know, how does that perception and that perspective you have infuse how you create dance? So for me, starting dance in Los Angeles was a, a challenging situation because at the time I was a short black man in the 90s and everybody was just hiring tall white men in the 90s. Mm -hmm. So when I auditioned for Janet Jackson, I was that close to getting it, but because of my height, kept me down. So for me, I thought to myself, I'm going to start a dance company and that dance company is going to be reflective of the world. And so Commonality Dance Company was born from that idea. And so we have traveled around the world and I have every race, every culture you could imagine in my company. And that was the primer for me to start thinking, I wanna create a community that is always gonna look like this. So no matter where I go, I wanna create that kind of community. When I went back to Africa to teach for Kenya Performing Arts Group, that was one of the most life-changing moments for me because I had been gone for a while mm -hmm. and coming back to see my people and see how they're working and see the, the things that they had to work with. Like they had really bad floors. They had really bad mirrors. They had really, puts the thoughts in my head of, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna start raising money so we can go back to Kenya and give these people the kind of dance studio that they need. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. My goal is to, how can I, as a dancer or choreographer, be able to use my platform and help other people in the world? And if the first thing I can do is start with Commonality Dance Company and create a diverse group of dancers, that's great. And then if I can come to Seattle Theater Group and dance this and lend my voice to the dancers that are here, that's going to help them say to them, 
how can I do better in the community? How can I help somebody else that maybe not be as fortunate as me? That's how we're all going to go forward. That's the only way we're going to move forward. Oh, yes and yes and yes. I actually spent quite a, a bit of time in Mombasa. And Ooh. so I, I, I got to tell you, as soon as you said Kenya, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my home. Right? Like, it. um, it, and it's so amazing that you're not only really spreading your joy of dance and your passion for dance in the way that you do as a choreographer, but that you take it to another level to think about how you can utilize your company to then make sure that the folks over there have what they need. Have to. This is why I really love this platform. I love media because I get to talk to folks like yourself that are uplifting me every time I get to make this kind of connection with someone. I'm so inspired by what you shared here today. Well, I I'm also glad because dance, this is going to be top notch. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Make sure you can look right there. Tell the people how they can see this show. I know it's coming up this week, and I'm so yep. glad that you were here to help share this. Make sure they know where to find it. Yeah, so Dance This is going to be at the Moore Theater. It's going to be at 7.30 on Friday, this coming Friday. Um, you can get tickets at stgpresents.org. Um, they're $18 presale, $20 at the doors. So you might as well get them cheaper. Um, and you're going to have a great time. You have no idea what you're about to experience. You're going to take some love home. You're going to take some energy home and it's hopefully going to nourish your spirit. Oh my goodness. I'm sure it's going to be nourishing mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to definitely work to be there in the building. And I hope so. Adam, thank you so much for bringing your expertise to this amazing production. I can't wait to see what you have created. Thank you. And thank you for lending your platform to this. It's really important. I really appreciate you for that. Absolutely. Our partnership with SCG matters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it matters it to matter. me here. And, I, and you know, again, they're doing such great work that, you know, we want to do everything we can to highlight it. So thanks again. Thank you very much. Thanks yeah. for having me. Oh, wow. You guys, I told you the inspiration flows through today. I don't know. I think it's going to be this full moon energy tonight. So I'm already feeling it. All, you know, right now it's a really specific full moon too. Make sure you guys do some research on that because I'm telling you it's an amazing day but it's already started here on the day with Trey and you guys know I got the recap coming up for you after this short break stay tuned you're watching the day with Trey what up y'all it's T-Dub I'm here at Converge Media to let you know about my new venture The Resole we are introducing Seattle's first dry cleaner for sneakers and we want you to be a part of it head over to www.theresole206.com this Juneteenth weekend for our official website launch Oh my goodness. We're just talking about how great that was. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming back to the day with Trey and for watching this episode today. Of course, for me, I always want you all to be inspired. I love to wrap every show, no matter who is sitting on this couch uh, right here on this set with me uh, in my own set living room, no matter who is here, I want you guys to be inspired. And one of the things that I really appreciate about Brian always showing up on Wednesdays to tell us about what's happening on Seattle News views and brews is because we need that window. We need to understand what's going on so that we can tap in and be engaged. And I want to be a source, a resource for all of you to be civically engaged, no matter what city you live in. You know, even if you're not in Seattle, the fact that you guys are getting a tidbit about what's going on here may encourage you and inspire you to figure out what's going on in your hometown so that you can figure out, well, man, how do I engage with my city council? How do I engage with my mayor? 
mayor? How do I engage with elected officials and make sure my voice is heard through the processes that they are doing? They serve us. And so I really appreciate Brian every time for being on the show with me. And of course, oh my gosh, Adam Parson, man. I mean, what a phenomenal story for him to be sharing his love of dance and the ways that he is to say, you know what? Fine. If I'm going to always come up short, literally, then I got to create the pathway for others who may be experiencing that with my own dance company. And then he's bringing that talent right here to dance this man. Shout out to SDG and to Adam for, you know, always being the ones to do it. Like who else is going to do it? I really appreciate that. SDG also reaches out and finds people and gems like Adam to bring Right here to our city. So again, you guys don't want to miss dance this this Friday, 7:30 at the Moore Theater. I am looking forward to it because it's always a phenomenal show. And I want to just thank you guys for watching. I said it earlier, and then we started talking about it. This full moon energy is real tonight. Take a moment to reflect on your life. You know, what are the negative things you need to leave behind, and what are the positive things you need to pick up? or continue to do for yourself. Think about all of us are here for a purpose, right? And you guys heard Tosh say it just yesterday that, you know, living on in purpose, on purpose, right? So figure out what that is for you. If you're still struggling with that, I want this to be an opportunity for you to hear from different guests and to be inspired by them so you can figure out what that is for you and why you're here on the planet. All of us are here for a particular reason. So I, I got to say, you know, I, I want all of y'all to use this time and use tonight as a great way to energize yourselves and make sure that you're moving forward in positivity. Well, tomorrow we definitely have a positive show for you all. I'm going to be trying to tap in with my girl, Julia Jesse from Clapback Culture, our Clapback Queen. We're going to hear about what's going on there. And then, of course, we got our guy, uh, one of the best life coaches in the world, Curtis Calhoun, is going to be giving us another real life or tip tomorrow. So make sure you guys tap in. And until tomorrow at 11 a.m. <laughs> Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.